Hello, welcome to Connect GSO, your opportunity to learn more about the city of Greensboro and the hardworking people who make things happen in our city. At the city of Greensboro, we are purpose-driven, people-centered, data-informed. But behind all that are the people who make it happen. My name is Tai Wujayaba. I am your city manager for the city of Greensboro, and it's okay to call me Tai. Um, this podcast is an opportunity for us to connect uh, with our residents and provide an environment that allows you to hear directly from the people who serve you 24-7 in this city. These are over 3,000 employees who work for the city of Greensboro, uh, from those who <coughs> do street markings to those who mow the lawn and the landscape for us to those who pick up our trash on a day-to-day -day basis. And, those who work administratively in the government building and to our police and our fire officers and different people who work at the city to really make things happen. So this is not just a forum to hear from me as your city manager for from various individuals who work in different departments, different divisions and offices. They will tell us about the work they do every day to make this city the most desirable mid-sized American city. So over the, post, uh, the course of this podcast, you're going to have different individuals that I will be talking with and chatting with, and they will join me, and um, we will have so much fun. But one thing is that we're going to learn about city vision and operations in the process of um, having this podcast. So our guest today is uh, Assistant City Manager, Larry Davis. Larry oversees various departments of the city, including financial and administrative services, human resources, information technology, internal audit, arts and cultural affairs, and of course, budget and evaluation. Larry has been our assistant city manager since 2019. And prior to that, he was our director of budget and evaluation. In the last several weeks, we've been talking about our budget and the council took action on June 21 to approve the fiscal year 22-23 budget, which of course took effect from July 1st. Since that's top of mind, I wanted to invite Larry, uh, who has played a role as being director of budget and evaluation, but now oversees uh, that function as well as others within the department uh, as um, assistant city manager. And I just wanted to chat with him so he could talk to us about what goes into the budget process, kind of like a budget 101. But before we do that, I will ask him to talk a little bit about himself. Uh, so Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Ty. Appreciate morning. being your first guest. I appreciate the opportunity for you to be here and uh, to talk to our audience about uh, budget and really what goes into it. But you can talk more about that. I know your responsibility is more than budget. Uh, you do a lot of things with our city staff and uh, whether it's um, human resources management or even our information technology, all those things are very important to city function and city governance. But let's talk about you uh, before we do that. How long have you been with the city, Larry, if you could share that with us? Sure. I actually came here in 1988. Okay. I had uh, just completed an internship with the city of Charlotte okay. uh, and was looking for work. Uh, and and uh, the city of Greensboro had hired a gentleman away from Winston-Salem named Pat Pate. Mm -hmm. He was the first ever budget and evaluation director for the city of Greensboro. They gave him one position uh, that he could fill so he could have uh, an office of two. We ended up starting with three total. And I was fortunate enough to get the job. Wow. And you've been here since then? Been here since then. You know, I started with the city of Greensboro about... Um, six months ago now, almost six months. And uh, 
One question that people still ask me is, why did you decide to come here? I'm sure that people asked you that question way back then, too. And uh, why, why Greensboro? Well, I, I love the opportunity, the chance to be a part of essentially a brand new department. Mm -hmm. The city had never had a department like that. Yeah. I had spent a year in a budget and evaluation department in Charlotte. And I felt like I could take those lessons learned and help create a similar operation here. So it was a chance to really draw our own map, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and Pat gave me a lot of latitude. We, we had an opportunity to create the department in our own image, if you will, mm -hmm. and, and meet the, the, the needs of the time of um, uh, uh, Bill Karstarfin, who was the city manager at the time. Bill uh, had also spent time in Charlotte, okay. knew the, the, the budget evaluation operation in Charlotte, wanted to see something like that similar here. And we, it was a great opportunity that um, I, I wanted to be a part of. Greensboro obviously was very different at that time, right? I mean, so you've seen a lot of changes, uh, if you would. So essentially, if you can capture it for us, how has the city evolved since that time? Not just from your function, but generally how the city has evolved overall. Well, I'll tell you one experience I had early on. I came to work in February of 1988 while the budget was being created. Oh, wow. So uh, the first couple months here, I was doing some weekend work. And one Saturday I was here, it would have been maybe April or May. I, I was hungry, wanted something to eat for lunch, hadn't really spent any time yet in downtown. I really only knew how to get from my apartment to mm -hmm. City Hall and back. And I went walking downtown and I, I couldn't find anything. Wow. I, there was, there was there, it was Saturday afternoon and yeah. there was there was no no people. No, nothing open. I ended up coming back and you know hitting the vending machine. You know, I think my lunch that day was a Snickers bar. Um, today, if I happen to be in this building on a Saturday and I want lunch, I, I can walk out the door in just about any direction. And there's people, cars, food, yeah. music, uh, everything you could possibly want. It, it, it is a it is a very very different. City, a very, very different downtown and a very, very different city overall since, since, then. since then. Wow, it's interesting that people who come in now will find it very hard to relate yes, to that. Yes, absolutely. Could be, I mean, absolutely. now you come downtown, even on Sundays, right. you find things happening. I was here, I think, three weekends ago. I was actually at the Greensboro Day Spa, um, and there were just so many people walking up and down um, Elm Street. Uh, so that's a far cry from what you just told us absolutely about. yeah so we've seen it. and just imagine what it will be like 20 years from now indeed i uh, we we it's always we always think of the time we live in as the this is as good as it gets yeah and then it's it always gets better mm -hmm. and and as you say 20 years from now we'll look back and where we are now will seem quaint yeah that's uh, true hopefully government functions will match um, will continue to keep pace with the changes too, because I'm sure that the budget department has definitely increased in size and functions and the way they've done it since that time. It, if you want a history lesson, pull out a budget document from 1988, 89, 90, and compare <laughs> it to a current budget document. Yeah. Not just the numbers. The numbers go up pretty much, you know, as with any community as it grows. Okay. You're going to need additional resources in your traditional services. Mm -hmm. But just look at all the things that we do now that you can't even find reference to in a 1989 budget document. Wow. The whole departments, uh, whole programs, concepts, 
things that local government is expected to play a role in now that even as or you know even as late as just 25 30 years ago we weren't partners in those activities wow that's interesting but i also want to point out quickly that you came you pretty much were the second employee uh for that department and um you've risen to become assistant city manager in my mind that's a success story and that's the type of thing we encourage uh, for the city of Greensboro, that people can actually find a lifetime career here, that they will love it, they will enjoy it. And we become that employer of choice, that people decide they want to stay when they... Well, so what made you stay? That's a great question. I told many people, including family that I have in Charlotte, you know, keep, keep my seat warm. I'll be back in a couple <laughs> years, right? But, uh, you know, again, a lot of it did have to do with the opportunity that I was given to grow mm -hmm. and improve and learn. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was allowed to get it. I was allowed to make a lot of mess. That's um, good. I was allowed to get out in, in departments and, and in some cases overstay my welcome. And, you know, occasionally people had to slap my hand and say, uh, not so fast. But, but I was still allowed to, to learn and stretch mm -hmm. and, and occasionally fail, but get back up and try again. Yeah. And so when Pat moved on to an assistant city manager position yep. in High Point, I was given the opportunity to become budget director. And by that time, I was I was in, you know, uh, my chips were in. This is where I wanted to be. This That's was, good. This is where my career was going to be. That's good. Opportunity to learn and grow, allow people to make their own mistakes. So we help them, we motivate them, we mentor them to become <coughs> better people. So obviously then you've prepared many budgets. Um, but i like you to, if you would, a budget 101. What goes into it? What, you know, what does it look like? And how can the community feel confident that, you know, everything is going in that should go in, and then what comes out on the other side that goes before council is essentially what can keep this city moving forward and functioning in a, in a healthy way financially. So tell us a little bit about that. I think the most, the most important aspect or component of the budget process, and, if, and hopefully it starts very early, and that's some level of communication from the elected officials through the city manager's office you need some kind of sense of where their priorities are. Otherwise, you're really kind of creating a budget without much in the way of, a, of an end, end game mm -hmm. in mind. And we're fortunate in that most years our council does hold some type of strategic planning session. We refer to them sometimes as retreats, mm -hmm. where they review, confirm, sometimes change and update those overarching goals, uh, the, those high-level goals that they really want most of our time, our attention, and our resources to be focused on. That's good. And then it's key that my boss, uh, which is now you, has been <laughs> other folks in the past. Yeah. It's key. That's that the city manager. The city manager. Yeah. It's key that the city manager interprets that that message well That's and true. is able to articulate it to myself, to the other department heads, so that we begin crafting a budget that. When you put it on the table, you know, council is able to at least not necessarily agree with every individual uh, aspect of it, but, but it reflects back to them the priorities that they gave you yes. six or eight months prior. So we match, we match the budget with council priorities. Exactly. That's the way it's supposed to be. If, the, if, that, if we meet that initially, then the rest of the budget process is really just making sure the numbers add up mm -hmm. and, and that individual uh, needs or, or requests are, are taken care of. Mm -hmm. If we've missed that boat, um, if that budget does not reflect 
the elected officials' priorities, then we're 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 in we're in uh, we're in some trouble. Yeah, they probably tell us to take it back and uh, go keep working on it. Exactly. Yeah, I noticed that in everything that you just said, you referred to you mentioned numbers only once. So budget is not just about numbers. You don't have to be a math specialist or you know to to know about budgeting. So tell us a little bit about that. It, it's it's about storytelling. It, very much so. Yeah, that's that's the big secret. Um, you don't have to be uh, a numbers person per se to want to be part of a budget and evaluation operation. Mm -hmm. It really is about telling the story of how the city makes progress towards those goals. Mm -hmm. And the budget is the way we allocate resources to make it happen. Yes. But the, real, the, 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 the more effective budget processes are those that really do tell the story. Mm -hmm. That's true. We are, we are asking for resources from the community. Mm -hmm. Here's what you're going to get for those resources. Here are the different outcomes you're going to get. Here are the improvements that you're going to see in services. Here are the progress that you're going to see yes. towards certain goals. That's, to me, that's, that's a great budget process. And you don't have to have a, a master's in math to manage something understand like that. that. Yeah. And it, this particular year has been a very awkward year to talk about budget, considering re-evaluation and also council election. But it really doesn't matter because every year, according to the state statute, we have to come up with a balanced budget, regardless of what's happening in that year. Uh, but it's been really challenging this year to navigate all of those things. But we also know that we still have to be consistent with council priorities, which in our instances have to reflect community priorities because council members are elected representatives of, of the community. So when you think about it, though, how have the priorities shifted over the years uh, in, in developing budgets? Well, you know, going back to that comment earlier about comparing a budget of today with a budget of 30 years ago, the concept of affordable housing, uh, I think that's that's mm -hmm. a that's new to within the last generation yes. of most local governments. For, for most of our history, housing was considered to be the purview of the private sector. Mm -hmm. The private sector would determine what to build, what to, what to yes. charge, what rents would be, and so forth and so on. And it would efficiently allocate those, those, uh, those needs. You know. And what policymakers and, and community leaders have found over the last generation is that the, the market doesn't always – uh, want to mm -hmm. uh, work in concert with what the community might mm -hmm. need. And so you've got local governments all over the country now who are involved in various ways in incentivizing um, and doing doing things to promote the development of affordable, affordable housing. housing. And that's just not something that yeah. local governments really thought about doing uh, 25, 30 years ago. It's very interesting and probably why we are in the situation we're in today because we did not focus on that a long time ago. Now, there is this thing in the consulting world called WIFIM, or what's in it for me, or uh, what have you done for me lately. Sometimes budget addresses that because everybody wants something in it that they can relate to, maybe it's housing or public safety or jobs creation or even fixing our infrastructure uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So tell us in a few seconds how the community feels that um, their, the resources that we are recommending to council truly match some of the things that they believe it's in it for them. What's in it for me? Well, I think, I think that that's the key to the storytelling yes. process of this and why we keep statistics, why we, do, why we provide data, uh, why we try to uh, uh, 
inform mm-hmm. the community as to where we are making that kind of progress. Yes. Uh, one of the things that we, we try to do every year is develop some kind of uh, uh, communication strategy that goes along with the numbers Yes. so that a person can go online, read something about the budget, read about some of the highlights, begin to hopefully connect what they see as their that's, their ultimate needs that's true. with where they're seeing council allocating those funds. Um, or and, and give them links to, for those who really want to get into the details, mm-hmm. we'll give you a link to the 165-page the document, and you can read every word of yeah. it. And then you can say, oh, okay, well, this actually meets this my needs. This does actually yeah. connect with what I was hoping the city was going to do. You call your elected official. Absolutely. Yeah, or Absolutely. you email them. Well, thank you so much. I know that the process can be tedious and can be lengthy and can be very boring. Uh, so how do you think that we can make the process better to involve more of our residents in the future? And that's a great question, and it's something we, all local governments, uh, ask that question. You know, the traditional uh public hearing process doesn't really generate a whole lot in turnout anymore that's that's not the preferred way people have to participate we've we've done things like online budget simulators which allow folks to go online and actually kind of put together their own Mm -hmm. budget to say well if I was putting the budget together I'd put more money here less money there and and it also gives them a sense of 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 the um the difficulty or the challenge, because very often when people use that online simulator, uh-huh. they end up allocating more money than we really have. Yes. And then they get to experience the very real need of having to cut something yeah. to get back to within a, you know, a, that a balanced budget. Yeah. yeah. So um, our participatory budgeting process allows communities to uh, vote on small amounts of allocations for yeah. particular projects mm-hmm. in their district. It's a small way to uh, feel a little bit connected to, to that to the budget that can sometimes seem seem overwhelming yeah. you know when you start looking at the numbers they're pretty big yeah and you can be, you can get a little lost and and wondering where where do i really fit into yeah. all this so we're always looking for ways to make the information available and understandable and That's good and are always and and i'm happy to hear ideas from from folks in the community about how this can be expressed and explained in ways that that, that people actually enjoy that's good Thank you so much. So on that note, I want to say thank you again, Larry, uh, for joining us uh, this morning uh, to talk about, uh, you you know, uh, our city, but also what goes into the budget planning process. And like you said, uh, we'd like to learn more from the community if they have ideas. So Connect GSO is your one source for learning about your city staff, the work that they do, and how it affects your lives every day. It also allows our listeners, you our listeners, to provide us with your ideas, just like Larry has offered, for improving what we do. You can reach us at email address connectgso at greensboro-nc.gov. I'll repeat that, connectgso at greensboro-nc.gov. Have a great day.